0: Have you ever had that feeling where your heart is going a million miles an hour through all the things that you have to do and yet your body can't seem to function or your mind?
1: and Tom Brush. Hey, Tom, I gotta tell you that what I heard when you did that intro was garbled. So I don't know if we're having some technical issues. Interesting. Now it seems fine. But it, it came through really garbled for me. I, I if, it, if it was garbled to anyone else, I apologize. But certainly. These things happen on a occasion.
0: Yes. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So well we'll have to work that uh, out.
1: There we go. Thank you, Missy. Thanks for being here this morning. Missy says it was garbled for her as well. So we'll have to keep uh, an ear on it. Crazy. So you might want to run through that real quick again because sure. I didn't catch any of it.
0: So for those of you who missed the introduction, I'll I'll redo it. And it's you know, it's it's interesting because I think there are times and that we imagine we've all had that, and I've had that, where your heart is racing and your mind is going in a million directions because you have so many things that you have to do. And in the middle of it, all those things are going fast except for your actions. And you just can't figure out what to do. You are frozen, paralyzed, stuck in just the overwhelm of everything. And all week, we've been talking about scary situations, and that's one. And so we're going to discuss that, being overwhelmed, and more on this episode of today's Antidote.
1: All right. That was good. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> Is it easier or harder the second time through? Uh,
0: I don't know. I, it was different. Okay, it was different. I, I
1: know I've written some things before and they've gotten lost somewhere. They didn't save. This was years ago, and I always noticed that the first version of the letter might be four paragraphs. The revised version, when I had less time and I had already written it, was much more compressed. Yes. Yes, so I didn't know if the same thing happened for you, like, you know, you you know what you're doing now, and it's like, I'm going to smush those thoughts into two, two nice sentences. But,
0: if they become yeah. nice sentences, or they just become, you're saying less, and you're not saying as much, if that makes sense.
1: Talk less, listen more, I believe, in Hamilton, right?
0: Something like that. Yes, indeed. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's Antidote, our daily broadcast and podcast, uh, where... Each day, we have a conversation around a topic, and this week's topic, as we mentioned a couple of times now, is scary situations. Today, we're going to focus on being overwhelmed, which is a scary situation. Mm -hmm. And so as we go through that conversation, if you have any thoughts or ideas you'd like to share, please feel free to put them in the comments of whatever social media you happen to be following us on, whether it is Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or
1: LinkedIn Live, baby!
0: LinkedIn Live. Yes, LinkedIn Live. Because we welcome that, and we know that it'll add value to our show and might actually be change the whole direction of what we're discussing. Because you, when you share your value, you have the opportunity to impact others. Then at the end of the conversation, Bob and I will each offer our one thing, our today's antidote. That thing that we hope will help you sometime when you're stuck or overwhelmed, figure out how to take the next step along your own unique pathway to success. And of course... Uh, if you have one thing that you'd like to share, please feel free to put it in the comments as well, because we know that as you, again, sharing your thoughts and ideas during the conversation or sharing your one thing could be exactly what someone out there is desperately looking for. So please feel free to share your value. Before we dive into our conversation, though, each morning, Bob and I do our celebrations. Bob, what are you celebrating today?
1: I am celebrating the fact that yesterday afternoon, I had a really great coffee meeting with someone in person even, which was really new and fun. haven't done that in a long time. With the person that I met years ago, we knew each other, we had seen each other, we recognized each other, and we had never really connected. And I reached out to him on LinkedIn last week while I was doing some other stuff, and we had a really good meeting, and there's some real opportunities for us to share customers in a way that... He does part of the solution and I do another part of the solution. And as we were talking through, I come to the table. I think one of the things that probably was interesting to him was I came to the table when he said, you know, I I said, hey, it's really great to meet. I think there's a way that we can work together. And here's how I see it based on what I've observed about your business, about you. And I think that was different than most people who would go in and just talk about, you know, here's what I do and here's who I serve and here's a I basically said to him, I think you do A and B or C and D. I'd like to help you with A and B. And I think you have C and D and I'd like to do it the other way. I do A and B and there's a time when people need C and D. And if we have a good partnership, that would be really mutually beneficial. But more importantly for both of us, really help the people we're serving be served better. Nice. So we we talk about those partnerships a lot, but rarely do you see them fall so seamlessly and it was great to have someone who was very receptive to the idea it wasn't wasn't about well how much money do i make if i refer someone to you it was hey this sounds really good this could be a real partnership in the sense of we're partners trying to achieve the same goal so thank you jeff for the and he paid for a cup of coffee for me so jeff's a good guy
0: excellent good celebration
1: yes how about you
0: Uh, So my celebration is that we've got a lot going on this week as we've been discussing. Are you overwhelmed? Uh, I was feeling, no, I don't know that if I was feeling overwhelmed until later last night. And sometimes when I do that, my response is to go and work more. Uh, You know, that like I got a message last night that somebody had to bail out of something and that's going to have an impact on what I'm doing this weekend. And, Rather than doing that, my decision was, I'm not going to focus on it tonight. I'm going to let it go and I'll pick it up in the morning. And, you know, and I think that's one of those things of how you deal with all of that. And I'm sure we'll get into more of that as we go along. Um, In some ways, I wasn't dealing with it. And in others, I was dealing with it by not dealing with it. And it allowed me, I think, to sleep a little better last night. So that I can get up and be more focused on how to figure it out today. And so I'm celebrating the fact that I was not driven to, you know, put my nose to the grindstone and try to uh, just work it out um, by trying to do more work, which likely would have got me feeling more overwhelmed. And I went to bed and I got up and I said, you know what, we'll figure it out. So that's
1: Nice. My yeah. Nice. I like that. Two, two lessons embedded in our discussion already today.
0: Correct. All right. So as we dive into our conversation about being overwhelmed, what are your thoughts on this, Bob? Wow.
1: <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, Tom. I've never felt overwhelmed in my life. Not once. I I am Mr. Efficiency, never feel like things are out of control, never feel like there's too much to do, or that I'm trying to accomplish different things at the same time, or that people have competing priorities. Not once. Okay.
0: That's wow, awesome. so you don't have anything to talk about today.
1: But I- <laughs> everyone's going, finally, I knew if we did enough of these, there'd be a day when he had nothing to talk about. No, I feel overwhelmed often, but I feel overwhelmed in a very small, like 15 minute window often, or an hour. I don't feel overwhelmed very often for a day or a week. It tends to be shorter time spans where I get in my head and start thinking about things and going, oh, I got to do these five things. Which one do, do I do first? And then through the work we've done for ourselves and with other people, I usually get to that place where I go, okay, what, what can I do here? All right. I need to do one of them and one leads to the next one. And then, you know, I keep going, but the, the feeling of overwhelm, uh, I think exists for a lot of us uh, from time to time. I used to have it. I can remember in one job where I just felt like I was overwhelmed I get there at seven 30 in the morning and feel overwhelmed until six 30 in the evening and just be spinning wheels. And it would be exhausting. And I was leading a team at that time and the team was feeling overwhelmed because I was, and that can be really difficult for a team. You know, when the leader feels it, it gets communicated in very subtle ways, or it can be very overt. Like I can remember being at a meeting with my team and saying something really simple, like, I don't know how I'm going to do all this, (laughs) which doesn't instill a great deal of confidence, nor does it encourage the best of others. And I I think that's one of the challenges when you're leading a team and you're overwhelmed. You have to be able to manage it somehow so that you don't cause others to feel it as much as possible, because I think the reality is they feel it anyway. And I think uh, the people around us, I certainly know when you're overwhelmed. I, 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 you don't need to tell me, Bob, I'm overwhelmed. I can just tell, you know, the program started a little late today, you, you know, and I could tell yesterday you were in that work mode that you're getting when you're kind of feeling it that, you know, it's like, why are you doing these things that you're doing for us? Cause you got other stuff to do, but you're just rocking and rolling. It's like, all right, whatever. And I think we also have tell. we all have telltale signs. You know, I get very sarcastic when I'm overwhelmed. It just, and it, it I, but I think the hardest part about being overwhelmed and what makes it scary to me is I don't always recognize it right away. It's often that I'm in it. And frankly, I've made some bad decisions when I've been in overwhelm mode. And then I've compounded the problem by being overwhelmed and then doing something stupid or making a bad decision or causing things to be even more complicated than they need to be because I wasn't thinking straight. It's kind of like if you don't get any sleep for an evening, for whatever reason, the next day you have to make a big decision. Your ability to make the big decision can often be challenging. And I think I do that and we tend to compound overwhelm with those, you know, either making bad decisions or the other thing I can do is be like... I'm the busiest person in the world. No one understands. Woe is me. I wish people would understand. I wish people would help me out. This is really terrible. And I go through the day that way. And I think that can be very off-putting to the people around me, both personally and professionally.
0: What are your thoughts? Well, I think that, you know, it's, I think it's an interesting thing, uh, The whole idea of overwhelm and what it, and for me, it's how I feel. I can definitely start to feel it in my body. I can feel whether it's nerves or it's um, uh, just a jitteriness, or like I said, in the opening is that my heart, I can feel my heart race. And, and I think that it's, it's all a part of, in some regards, the anticipated expectations or outcomes, the results you know, we we start worrying about these things. And, and rightly so. You know, usually when it happens to me, I have something significant that I'm working on that has, you know, that people have expectations around. And and so it, it matters. You know, I think that's one of the things is you're working on something that really makes a difference and you're trying to figure it out. And, and again, sometimes you're so focused on it and in it that you can't figure it out. And I think that that's Leads to that feeling of, you know, for me, it's almost like I, I, there's so many things that I would need to do to figure this all out. I can't do any of them. And, you know, and I think that then leads to this like uncertainty about what to do next. And I think that it's, it creates these challenges that many times, like a lot of this stuff is in our head. I mean, it's a reality at the moment. And, you know, one of the things that I always try to think about is, okay, I've done this before. I know some solutions to this. And if I just go back at it with a different mindset, there's an opportunity to find solutions where I can be less overwhelmed. And, you know, and I think also that there's the opportunity that a lot of things we can't control. You know, we, we, there's only so much we can control. And at some point, there's going to be a number of factors in whatever it is we're doing, that we don't have control over. And I think sometimes it's those things that really lead to some of the overwhelm that we're feeling.
1: Uh, I see a comment, Tom. Uh, can you can you read that comment while I uh, try to figure out who
0: said it? Sure. They say, I think when feeling overwhelmed, which as a business owner seems like every day, laugh out loud, I'll put it up. What helps me is to try to change my perspective. My path, I discovered, is to talk to a friend, go on a walk, and take several deep breaths, and then step back and try to listen to different perspectives. Then recalibrate my angle, which seems like every day. Laugh out loud. MK, I wonder if that's Michael Kittner.
1: It's Michael Kittner. It is. You're correct. Yeah. I I had a hunch, but I wanted to make sure.
0: Yeah, man. I think that's one of the things is, is so often this overwhelm is in our head. Um, or, you know, and again, not that because it's in our head doesn't mean that it's not real. It just means that it's started to all build up in our head and we can see, we start to try to see further down the road. And I think, you know, his suggestion is a good one is that, and I do that sometimes as well. Yesterday, I had a little bit of that feeling. And so I just went and sat outside for half an hour and had something to eat and just tried to take my mind and enjoy the nice day and then was able to come in back in and put a new perspective on uh, the challenges that I was facing and trying to figure out.
1: I, I like his wording of recalibrating his angle because it's how you address things. Sometimes we get set in that way that we're going this way, and we probably could benefit from shifting a little bit, whether it's what we do or how we approach it, or all those things. So, yeah, I think it's great, and I think it's it's a fairly universal thing. You know, of all the scary situations we've talked about this week, I think this can be the one, and it's compounded because you can be overwhelmed with work stuff and personal stuff. There was a point where my father was really sick years ago. And I was trying to do a really difficult job and I was dealing with my father and that could be exhausting. And I felt overwhelmed in both places because I had to divide my time between both. And I couldn't really fully be in one or fully be in the other. So, you know, the respite that you sometimes get from, okay, I'm leaving work at five o'clock and I'm going to go deal with my personal life. And at least that's under control. I didn't feel that. And you have a lot of people in that sandwich generation with the parents that they're caring for and the children they're caring for, and sure. they're just smashed in the middle. So this is a fairly common situation. This is probably, you know, what? how many networking events have you been to where someone's like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm just so busy. And some of them probably aren't so busy when we get down to it, but some are in their head so busy. And I always like to laugh at how we as humans are so great at telling other people how busy we are and that we have 45 minutes to explain that in painstaking detail. When it's like, oh wait, I just spent 45 minutes telling you how busy I was. Boy, if I had really devoted that to a couple of those tasks, I might might not be as busy and I might have accomplished a whole lot. And I think that that's the other part of this overwhelm is we tend to share it very openly it's almost like a, a a cultural thing that you know you're not really doing your job unless you're super busy. Ah, oh, Tom, I'm I'm slammed. I got meetings all day, and I've done it. I've said it to you, "Oh, this is really a busy day." Okay, and so I think we we can encourage it and. I've never really said to anyone in a networking situation when they're like, Oh, how's your day going? Oh, it's so slow. I'm not doing anything today. I'm sitting around. I I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my day. I could, I could have just taken today off. We just don't do that. Even though I'm sure there are days when that probably is what could happen. Sure. You know, we, we, we've just become a society of busy as good.
0: Interesting that you would share that.
1: I thought you'd like that.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's, and I think that's the. Should I
1: listened to you, Tom. <sighs> I, Michael also awesome it. Like oh, there you. Whoops, you you beat me to it. You're there. It is. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. In general, people like to help. This is uh, Michael again. Uh, to open up your mind, and I think that's a great observation. That you know, asking for help. Even if it's just help around the idea of hey, I feel really overwhelmed today. Can you can we figure out can you take five minutes and just help me get reoriented? Let let me recalibrate. Let me talk through the eight things I think I have to do today. And can you help me prioritize? You know, yeah. you and I do that with each other a
0: lot. Sure. And I think I, the other I, thing is that asking for help isn't necessarily have to be a person. You know, I, I feel like sometimes, like yesterday, my asking for help was from the outdoors right? and that the out that that I allowed myself to go out and the help I got was the beautiful day that allowed me to sit there and just enjoy that which had a reframe of how I came back to the task and you know one of the things I think helped when I did that was I just decided to start all over with a certain piece of it there's a piece of it I was stuck with and I kept looking at it and being like, nah, I shouldn't really restart. It's not going to be helpful. And yet when I did, it made all the difference. And I was able to come up with a different solution uh, to the challenge that was in front of me. And I think that, again, whether it's you'd go to someone and ask for help or you ask for help from the universe, um,
1: and that could take the form of meditation, prayer, exercise. Sure. Uh, for me, sometimes it's just pulling my guitar out and playing a song on my guitar for five minutes, and just getting your mind out of that tunnel and seeing the bigger picture. And I, I'm I'm always surprised at how many times exercise, or taking a shower, or shaving, or driving, some of those very mundane things that we do, spark a new a recalibration around something. And and often it's like, well, that was so easy. Why, why couldn't I think about that? But when we're mired in the thick of it, it's hard to get out and look at it from a different perspective. Absolutely. You know, I think that's my one thing today is that, you know, when you're mired in that overwhelm, it's helpful to find a way to get outside of that, whatever that looks like for you. It could be cooking dinner. It could be you know, going to the post to the mailbox and getting your mail. It could be anything that gets you out of that tunnel of I'm staring at my computer screen or I'm looking at the spreadsheet or whatever it is, so that you have a new you create a new perspective. Because I, like you said, overwhelm is so much in our heads.
0: Yes, I would agree. Um, I think there's so much to what we make of overwhelm. You know, again, it goes like to your example of they're so bu- you're someone is so busy, yet they have 45 minutes to stand there and tell you how busy they are and all the things they have going on and the things that they have to do after that. And and at some point, you really start to wonder, is that, have you just created this overwhelm or, um, and again, not that it isn't sometimes there. Sometimes we have a lot yeah. of things to do. And I think, you know, inside of that is figuring out different solutions, as well as understanding that You're never going to be able to do all of those things at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think, as you maybe mentioned earlier, is finding what's the first one I'm going to do. And and what's that first step that we can take? And the first step might be asking for help. It might be going out and doing something different to, to get your mind focused on something else before you come back to it. Or it might just be, okay, what is that first task that I'm going to accomplish? And rather than tell everybody about it, actually do something about it. Yeah, dive. I often
1: try to do the easiest one first, because then you start building momentum. It's like, okay, I got nine things I got to do. Let me do the first one. The easiest one takes three minutes, and then suddenly the second one emerges very quickly.
0: It can. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I know other people who are like, well, that's easy. I'm going to leave. I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to dive in on this. Because I think sometimes the easy ones are important, and sometimes they aren't. Yeah. Sometimes they're one of those things that we've just added to the list, Yes. To make ourselves feel busier and not really doing things that are ultimately going to move our organization forward. And I think, and everyone's different. I think as we, long as we figure out how to take that next step, that hopefully starts to eliminate some of that overwhelm and complete a step uh, and then move forward onto whatever it is next. So I think my one thing is a lot of it is is we've created in our head all these things we have to do. And that if we actually sat down and thought and, and spent less time thinking about it and just doing it, a lot of times that overwhelm can start to go away.
1: I like that. I couldn't agree more. We could talk about this for probably 24 hours straight. We could overwhelm people with what we talked about.
0: And ourselves.
1: And ourselves,
0: yeah. If we talk about it because I think the other thing too is the more we talk about it, the worse it becomes. Right. The more we, the more we feel like sharing with everyone how busy we are, the more we're just reinforcing in our head how busy we are.
1: And then they try to one up you. Oh, you're that busy. Well, I'm even busier. I've got to do this today. And then oh no, well I've got to do this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do this. And next thing you know, it's it's a uh, you know it's a overwhelm fest.
0: Sure, and in reality, we all.
1: 2022. That would be a really good concert.
0: <laughs> well, in, in reality, we we're all busy. We all have 24 hours and doing something within those, whatever that might be. We all have things to do, whether we intentionally do them or we just do them. And so, you know, everyone's spending their 24 hours doing something. Just how what we choose to do it on, and how we choose to see whether that is um, busy or putting us into overwhelm, or we're busier than everyone else. Everybody's busy, and everyone has the same amount of time to do the same things. They just have to you just have to choose which things you're going to do. I like it. All right, everybody. If you have one thing, please feel free to share it because we know that this is a topic that many people struggle with. And so if you have thoughts and ideas like Michael, please feel free to share them in the comments. If you happen to be listening to our podcast, unfortunately, there is no opportunity to share your thoughts and ideas there, which is why, one of the reasons, we created the um, two groups. One, if you're a LinkedIn person, go to um, Renegade Success Network for Leaders, and you can share your thoughts and ideas there. If you're a Facebook person, you can go to the Ring of Renegades and share your thoughts and ideas there. Both groups have people who are trying to figure out how to take their next steps along their own unique pathway to success. And the value that you add may be just the thing they need to take the next step. Or they may have exactly what you're looking for to help you take the next step along your pathway. So we look forward to seeing you inside one of those groups. If not, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern time for Bob's favorite show. Yes,
1: Discoveries of the Week. I cannot wait. So we excited. are
0: going to wrap up our week talking about scary situations and share our discoveries of the week. So we look forward to seeing you then. So everyone go out and have a great day.
1: Hey, Tom, two things before I say what I always say, it's national men cook dinner day. So guys you got this chance to impress that person in your life. So easy these days to cook dinner. All you have to do is go to that grocery store, look for the prepared foods, grab the prepared foods they like, pop it in the oven or microwave, you're gonna get points, it works. Or you could be a you know, master chef, but you have a chance to say National Men Cook Dinner Day. You don't want that significant other or that person that matters to you to go into work tomorrow and be like, my husband surprised me with the perfect dinner it was so amazing. And then the other person going, really, why? Oh, he said something about it being National Men Cook Dinner Day. And the person goes, oh, I guess my husband didn't get the memo. I guess my boyfriend didn't get the memo. I so I give you that advice now. Go out and embrace the renegating you.
0: Don't you think that's a little outdated?
1: I, it's a national day, Tom. We've talked about these national days for almost two and a half years. I, I think I think in many cases it's probably not outdated.
0: And in many, it is. Anyhow.
1: Hey, if if someone wants to flip the script and have women cook dinner for the man for the day, I think that would be a lovely switch. We haven't had that day come up. I've been following this for two years. We haven't had when, National Women Cook Dinner Day.
0: So And I'm renegade like, and National Renegade Day never made it.
1: Never made it. But you haven't gone back to that. You should really dog them a little more.
0: Uh, I've gone back twice. I'm tired of them.
1: But we've already chosen that we're going to do it anyway, with or without them.
0: That's true. fair point. All right, everyone uh, go out and make it a great day. We will see you soon. Thanks for listening to today's antidote powered by the Renegade Success Network. The Renegade Success Network helps you confidently create your own unique pathway to success. To learn more about the Renegade Success Network and how you can take your next step, Follow us on Twitter, connect on LinkedIn, or join the Ring of Renegades Facebook group. For full details on how you can join our community, go to renegadesuccessnetwork.com. Embrace the renegade in you.